1: Thank you, Brother Jay. He's going to help read the word for us this morning as we prepare for the message. I'm
0: going to read this morning from Philippians 2. Begin reading in verse 5 through verse 11. Your attitude should be the same as that of Christ Jesus, who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, but made himself nothing, taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness,
1: Amen. Amen. Would you thank my friend Jay for coming and reading the word with us this morning? Amen. So today we arrive, we arrive at the the pinnacle of the book of Philippians. Uh, No, it's not the end of the book. Uh, It's probably not exactly the middle of the book, but it is, by all accounts, (laughs) the passage that is seen as the anchor point for the entire book of, of Philippians and really the anchor point for all of Paul's letters. Now that's a statement because Paul Paul wrote a lot. <laughs> of the New Testament. But today uh, we begin. And so Philippians is really a collection of about seven different essays structured with a central focus point. And today, the words that you just heard read and the words that we're going to read again in a minute are that central point. And so if you've, if you've not been with us so far in our series on Philippians, you picked a great day to be here. Because today we reach that pivot point, that center. Um, Our series is entitled Living the Jesus Life. And we've entitled it that because that's really what Philippians tells us. It's a letter encouraging and exhorting the Philippian people, the Philippian church, on how to live in response to the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus that his life and his death and his resurrection should do something in us. It should cause us to live differently. And the book of Philippians is really a beautiful description of that. And so today we come to the focal point. Some, uh, the words that we just heard read, some call it a poem. Some scholars even call it an ancient hymn, but it is clearly and powerfully portrays the gospel. In fact, if you were talking to somebody who, who doesn't know, know anything about Jesus, who doesn't claim to have any faith in the gospel, if you were trying to explain to them what the gospel is and what it's really about, I think Philippians 2, 5-11 through 11 is a great place to start. And so look again with me. It's going to be on the screen now. Uh, we're, we're going to go back through this and let's understand a little bit of what God's word is saying and then what, what it is that we are to do in response So, look again in verse five uh, that Jay just read for us. In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus. If you can, underline that in your Bible, verse 5, because we're going to come back to it. Jesus is the center, right? He's the standard, and that's what Paul is pointing to again, Christ. It's all about Christ. Let's keep going. Uh, Verse 6, this Jesus, right, who being in the very nature of God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing, taking the very nature of a servant, Being made in human likeness, being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to death, even death on a cross. This is the example of Jesus. His sacrifice and laying down his life. He had the rights, the rights of the king. He was the king, right? But he he set all that aside. And then what does verse 9 through 11 say? Therefore, because of that, God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that's above every other name, that at the name of Jesus... Every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. Every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. What a beautiful description of the gospel. What a beautiful portrayal. Again, this poem, this ancient hymn that would be recited again and again and again is is really one of the most notable writings that Paul's ever done. It's fair, though, to begin with this question What is your mindset? What is your mindset? Look at it there. You see on the screen in verse 5, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus. That's what Paul's pointing us to. So how how do I know your mindset and whether your mindset is like Christ? The same way you know my mindset. It's it's action, right? Action. You know my mindset by watching what I do, how I act in response. That tells you everything you need to know about my mindset mindset. Do I act or do I just think about it? Do I follow through or do I just believe? Do I participate or do I just observe? What about you? What does your mindset say about your your actions? There is a marked difference between observation and participation. You know this, you know this, but, but I think it's important to note, especially in the context of Philippians chapter 2. I'm a fan, and, and the word fan is short for the word fanatic, right? And, and so that's a pretty uh, true description for me. Uh, I'm sad to say this morning, it pains me to say, that I'm a fan of the Boston Celtics. So it's been a rough couple days for me. You can jeer on me later for that. But I'm a fan. Sometimes I wish I wasn't when I go to bed and I'm really upset. And why am I upset? Because of a team that plays on the TV and they lost and that ruined my whole night, right? I'm heartbroken when they lose uh, and it ruins my my entire week. But there's this thing that happens and I'm not the only one. So you do this too in the team you root for. This is the language that we use, right? We use this language, the, the word we, when we talk about our team. Now, may, I, I'm not the only one that does this, so you could definitely look at your neighbor and give them the stink eye if they do this too. Something like this, like, we played really well last night. We figured out how to attack their defense. I think we've really got to figure it out. We, we can overcome it, right? We use this language all the time. It seems like we've got a good strategy now on how to overcome their, their defense. Like, I'm on the team. Like, Jason Tatum's texting me before the game, like, Adrian, you got any tips for me on how to break down the defense? Right. Here's the truth. I'm a fan, but I'm just an observer. I observe passionately, but I'm just an observer, right? I, I, nothing more. I'm not an NBA player. That's not news to anybody in the room. Like, yeah, pastor, we knew that, right? I just pretend and I don't participate in the game. I don't contribute anything to the team other than some desperate prayers from my couch sometimes or some exasperated moans from the other room, right? I don't contribute anything. I'm just an observer. But living the Jesus life was never intended to be only about observation. It's much bigger than that. It's a call to act, to participate. Listen. Listen, there are people who think it's, it's, it's easy, it's, they admire Jesus. They're a fan of Jesus, a fan of his teachings, a fan of his miracles, a fan of the Bible, right? But Paul must have known that for some reason, it's easy to be a fan of Jesus, but that's not the call of disciple. That's not the call to live the Jesus life, to be a fan of Jesus. Jesus didn't come to make fans, he came to make disciples, he didn't come to build a fan base, but to build a kingdom. A kingdom where the Philippians and even you and I today are to be participants. Not just observers, but participants. We have the same mindset. Paul says in Philippians 2, have the same mindset. And the reason he says that is because that mindset causes us to act, to participate in the gospel. We're invited into the kingdom. We're actually not just invited to participate. We're expected to participate in living the Jesus life. It's not just observation. It is participation. And so Paul makes it clear, look again, in your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus. Paul's emphasizing our call. Don't just observe Jesus. And look, that was an incredible thing, wasn't it? That people, even even though the people he's writing to, many of them, they didn't they weren't eyewitnesses of Jesus. But man, the word on the street, and, and they're hearing things, and, and it's clear things have happened. So they're observing all of this. So that's powerful. It's incredible. But Paul says, Don't stop there. Don't just observe Jesus. Don't just think about his life and death and resurrection and ponder and keep it to yourself and your heart. No, live differently in response. Do what Jesus did. It's really what Paul's saying. Living the Jesus life. Have the same mindset as Christ. We we talk about in our mission here often being transformed by God. That's that's what we're talking about. Have the same mindset as Christ did. So that leads to our transformation. So what does this mindset look like? Let's unpack the scripture verse by verse to get there. Uh, You can see verse 6 on the screen behind me. First, what does this mindset of Christ look like? Well, Christ, he didn't cling to his privileges and his power, and his authority. And listen, he had all of that. He had all of that. All of the power, and all of the privilege, and all of the authority. He had it all, but what does verse 6 say? He didn't use that to his advantage. He didn't cling to that. He didn't hoard that. He didn't keep it for himself. He could have. He was equal to the, the Father in all power and all authority. He could have demanded his rights like we do often, right? Oh, I'm the only one that does that, right? I'm the only one that, that demands my rights, that feel like I'm entitled to, I need, I, I have to, right? That, that's how we often think and function, but that's not what Christ did. It's not what he did. That's the first part of this mindset, that, that he, he didn't cling to the privilege and power and authority that he had. He didn't use that to his advantage. In verse 7, he, it says he made himself a servant, made himself nothing, that word, uh, made himself nothing, is this Greek word called kenosis. It literally means that Jesus emptied himself. That's a powerful term. That should communicate something powerfully to us. That Here he was, he had it all, and yet he emptied himself of all. That Scholars have called this the kenosis passage because it, it illustrates beautifully this mindset of Christ is defined by this emptying, this pouring out. Next verse says that being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself. What is this mindset of Christ? It's humility. Humility. Listen, consider with me how evident humility was throughout the life of Jesus. You can say humility defined Jesus' life. He was humble from the beginning, he took on the form of a human. That was humility. A perfect God becoming like us. He was born into an obscure and oppressed place. He was born into poverty among a despised people. He was born as a baby, innocent, helpless, dependent on others. Humility. Jesus was humble in the way that he ministered. The way he launched his public ministry, waiting years and years and years. That required humility. The companions and the disciples he chose. It's not the who's who's list, is it? These were the, the ragamuffins. The fisherman, the tax collector, it's humility. The audience he appeared to and the way he taught, humility. He endured temptation. He was weak and hungry and thirsty. He endured all that, humility. He was humble in his total obedience and submission to the Father, ultimately submitting to death on a cross susceptible to shame and mockery and humiliation. You could say that humility defined the life and ministry of Jesus. Paul says, have the same mindset of Christ who humbled himself. That mindset leads to action, doesn't it? Uh, Let's look at it this way. Paul is exhorting believers to have the mindset of Christ. And so I'm going to share three truths. And as I share these... I want you to think about, I'm going to share a little bit of why they're difficult for me, but I want you to think about which of these three is the most difficult for you and, and why. I want, I want to pray into that today because we want to be hearers of the word, but we want to be doers in response uh, to Paul's challenge to the church in Philippi. So, so number one, what is this passage saying to us about the, mind, the mindset of Christ? First is choose sacrifice. That's what it means to have the mindset of Christ. That we choose to sacrifice. And listen, I don't have to tell you that this is completely, totally countercultural to the world that we're living in. To choose to sacrifice is not popular, <laughs> doesn't feel good. There's not a lot of ad campaigns looking to sell things by telling you to choose to sacrifice, right? It's not the motto of today, which is more, 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 do whatever you have to do to feel good, do whatever may- feels right. Do whatever's good for you. But the mindset of Jesus is choose sacrifice. It was that way when Jesus walked the earth, and it's still that way today. Jesus didn't use what he had to his advantage. He sacrificed. He sacrificed. But, but, man, I've got to be honest. How often do I think like that? How often is that my mindset? Or how often do I say, yeah, you're Lord of my life, but, but I, I use what I have for me. <laughs> I use what I have to make me better, to serve me, to help me. Right? But, but that's not what Jesus did. He chose sacrifice. He chose to love others more than his rights. Think about that for a minute. His love for others was more important than any right or power, or privilege, or authority that he had. And if we're to operate with the same mindset, we choose the same. We choose sacrifice. Number two, Paul is clearly reminding us, he's pointing to Christ, that to choose surrender. Choose surrender. Surrender. Sacrifice is a start, but then comes surrender. Because you can sacrifice for someone, but still maintain some sense of control. And Paul is saying the mindset of Christ surrendered control. He surrendered. He emptied himself. What other visual could we have of complete and total surrender is emptying of oneself. That whatever I have and whatever I've got and whatever I'm emptying, I'm pouring that out at the feet of my heavenly father. Surrendered completely and totally to his will, the will of the father. Think about that. Jesus had the power and he could do miracles. But but even he, he claimed I only do what my heavenly father tells me to do. He was completely surrendered. This is why the Apostle John wrote that Jesus, in 1 John three sixteen Jesus laid down his life. His life wasn't wrestled away from him. He wasn't ripped, put up there on the cross against his will. He poured himself out. He laid down his life in such a way to complete and total surrender. And that's not easy, is it? I, I've... I haven't been asked so far to do what Jesus did, but even in my daily life, in my daily journey, in my daily walk with the Lord, surrender is not easy. Because too many times I'm afraid, and too many times I don't trust, and too many times I don't understand. And so surrender for me, this idea of emptying myself, it's a daily call, a daily battle, but a daily choice if I want to have the mindset of Christ. Mindset of Christ is that we choose sacrifice, we choose surrender. And then number three, you won't be surprised to see this word again, choose humility. Humility. It was the way of Jesus, and so it has to be the way of those of us that want to live the Jesus life. Humility. Humility. By now, you you see these are all connected, right? Living a life of sacrifice, living a surrendered life. Leads to humility. It's a natural byproduct of the Spirit of God working through us. We don't make ourselves humble, do we? we it comes by, by choosing what, like Jesus said, he emptied himself. And in doing so, the Lord humbled him. He, he chose the path of humility. I don't want to give the impression that it's easy because you know what's easy? Pride is easy. Every day I wake up, the easy path is Pride. The easy path is just doing what I want to do. The easy path is thinking of everyone else second, but thinking of me first. That's that's easy. Humility is not easy. Humility is a choice. For those who who desire to follow after Jesus, to participate, and not just be observers, not just to be fans, right? But to participate in his kingdom. It's the choice every time we choose Humility in every conversation, in every disagreement, in every, even when we know we're right and I'm right, I deserve, I've got every single time we have the mindset of Christ, which means we choose humility. That's what Paul's saying. I wonder how you would define your mindset today. I wonder how the people in your life would define, that's that's personal, that's hard, but I wonder how you would define your mindset today. And look, I'll be the first to say, our minds, our thoughts, it's a battle sometimes. It's a battle many times. That's why Paul, though, is bringing us back and reminding us this mindset of Christ. Paul is, is in prison. He's writing to believers that are facing resistance and persecution and hard times. He's challenging them on their mindset. And, and consider that word. It wasn't. It wasn't... Just a coincidence that all three times I use that word, choose. Choose to sacrifice. Choose to surrender. Choose humility. Because I really do believe it's a choice. The truth is today, uh, and I'm so grateful if you weren't here last week on Mother's Day, we talked about suffering. So, sorry moms, that's a bit of a downer. But so many of you have just responded, and, and, and I don't always get to, to dialogue with you, but, but when I do, I love that. So many of you have just responded and said, wow, that, the Lord's really using that in my life. The Lord's really helping me to understand why suffering matters and why I can't ignore it and why I need to. And, and so that message of suffering really resonated for many of us. And the reality is, none of us today really can choose our circumstances Many of us today are facing suffering or hard things or there's uncertainty around the corner, and you don't really have a choice, do you? There's conflict with relationships. There's uncertainty in your finances. There's unknowns about your health or your career or your future. I don't know. I don't have to list them all. You know what they are, and you don't have a choice, do you? You don't have a choice. We seldom do get to choose our circumstances. The things that we're facing right now. But you know what we do get to choose? And this is what the Apostle Paul wants to declare emphatically. You get to choose how you respond. You get to choose no matter what you are facing. And remember, Paul knew a lot about facing hard times. Paul's writing to a people who knew a lot about facing dark days. And in the midst of that, he's saying, choose the mindset of Christ. You can't choose all the circumstances. You can't choose all the things that you're facing that are being thrown your way. You didn't get a choice in that, did you? But you get to choose how you respond. And you get to choose to have the mindset of Christ. Because your mindset will dictate your actions every single time. A Christ mindset leads to Christ actions. A distorted mindset, an anxious mindset, a worried mindset, a controlling mindset. It leads to, well, a lot of chaos, a lot of uncertainty, a lot of brokenness in our lives. I love what uh, Viktor Frankl said. Um, he's, he's a Holocaust survivor. He's pretty, pretty well known. His story uh, became well known because it's not just that he survived concentration camp during the Holocaust, but literally everyone in his family His mother and father and wife and brother were all killed. And in response to that, in response to this, he said this powerful statement. And once you know his story, you realize how powerful of a statement it is. Viktor Frankl said this, Everything can be taken from a man but one thing. To choose one's attitude and response to any given set of circumstances. Now, think about that. That sounds like a motivational thing that your teacher would get up there and say, and everybody's like, oh, okay. But think about this man's life and all that he had lost in the bitter despair and brokenness that he had seen. And he says, everything can be taken from a man but one thing, to choose one's attitude and response to any given set of circumstances. Wow. The bottom line I have on the screen for us today, the thing I want us to remember and lean into today is that choosing the Jesus mindset leads to living a Jesus life. And trust me, I don't think that's easy. Trust me, you might read that and say, Yeah, that's easier to say than I, I I get it. But the choice is yours. The choice is yours. That maybe you're frustrated today by things in your life, and I would just ask you, have you made the choice? What's your response? In in response to hard things, in response to difficulties, in response to some chaos going on. And I've learned everybody's got some chaos. It's easy to sit in a room like this and say, well, if you only knew. If that person had to face what I, all of us today have some version of chaos that we're experiencing in our lives question is, how how will you choose to respond? What mindset will you choose in response? What attitude will you choose in response? Because choosing the mindset of Christ, as Paul points to, that's the only way. It's the only thing that will lead us to living the Jesus life. Living a life filled with the fruit and the blessing and the favor and the goodness of God is choosing choosing the mindset of Christ I love how the message paraphrase reemphasizes and rewords Philippians chapter 2 it says this think of yourselves the way Christ Jesus thought of himself he had equal status with God but he didn't think so much of himself that he had to cling to the advantage of the status no matter what not at all When the time came, he set aside the privileges of deity. He took on the status of a slave. He became human. Having become human, he stayed human. It was an incredibly humbling process. He didn't claim special privileges. Instead, he lived a selfless, obedient life and then died a selfless, obedient death the worst kind of death, the crucifixion. And because of that obedience, God lifted him high. He honored him far above anyone or anything ever so that all created beings in heaven and on earth, all those long ago dead and buried will bow in worship before Christ Jesus. And they'll call out in praise that he is the master of all to the glorious honor of God the Father. The band's going to come. And as they do, um, I want to pray today for, for your mindset. I want to pray about your circumstances. We did some of that last week. But the reality today is we don't really get to choose that stuff, do we? There are some in the room today that in the last 48 hours even, you faced incredible, incredible difficulty, incredible pain, incredible hurt. And it sounds callous for me to say we don't get to choose that. But the reality is you don't. You don't. We have to trust God in the midst of it. We have to believe that he has a purpose in the midst of our suffering. But the choice today is how will we respond? With the help of his Holy Spirit, we're not alone in it. God's right there with us in the midst of whatever we're facing. But how will we respond? Will we we embrace, will we choose the mindset of Christ? Which leads to godly fruit, godly obedience, godly humility in our lives, or... Like I often do too many times, will we, will we choose a mindset of fear, a mindset of control, a mindset that's just overwhelmed by anxiety, a mindset that's, i got to figure this out on my own. And, and I'm just here to say, the fruit of living that way has led to a lot of heartbreak, unnecessary heartbreak in my life. So church family, would you bow your heads? I want to pray for you. We're going to spend a few minutes just now coming before the Lord. Asking them to speak, asking them to bring peace. I I pray that the word today brings peace into your heart, not distress. I pray that you hear hope in the room today, not despair. I I pray that today you hear there's a choice for you in the midst of hard days, in the midst of uncertainty, in the midst of not knowing what tomorrow is going to bring. You have a choice today, a choice that leads to freedom and life. Will you make that choice? It will not always be the easy choice. But it will be the choice that leads to your freedom. And it will be the choice that leads to true life. So today I want to pray for you. I'm going to pray for those that are in the midst of a battle today. A battle... Or they're struggling to sacrifice. They're struggling to put others before themselves. You're struggling today to ultimately surrender, to lay down whatever that thing is you're holding on to. You're struggling today to lay that down. You're struggling with humility. That's hard for you. It's hard for you when you feel wronged. It's hard for you when others have hurt you. It's hard for you when they deserve punishment, when they deserve what's coming. It's, humility is hard. And so today I want to pray that you would choose the mindset of Christ in response to anything and everything you're facing today. So if that's you, would you just lean into this prayer? I, I, I'm praying for you. And I don't, I don't know who, who everyone is that needs this prayer, but the Holy Spirit's here and he's speaking. And so I, I'm going to pray and I want you to pray with me because I believe this word today is for you. Lord, I pray now for my brothers and sisters, those that are struggling with fear or anxiety or uncertainty, those that maybe have been so hurt by others, control is their only answer, their only response. Today, help us to choose the way of Jesus. Help us, teach us to sacrifice for others in our lives. That's not gonna be natural for us. That's not gonna be our first response, but, but we wanna live, we wanna choose the way of Jesus teach us to be a, a church, a people that sacrifice for the ones that are really struggling today. I pray you would show them, you'd reveal to them one thing they can do to sacrifice for someone else. Lord, help us to surrender, to pour out our lives, and trust that you're a good Father, that, that if we place our lives, in the you're the potter, and we're the clay, and so we pour out ourselves, we place ourselves into your hands, and when you, we let you mold us and make us, Lord, no matter what we're facing. Oh God, we choose humility and we need your help with that, Lord. We want to live the posture of our Savior, of our Lord who who embodied humility. Lord, may that be so of us in a world that's broken and hurting. May they see men and women, young people that profess Christ, but may they see a humility that comes through your work in us. We remember in your word it says those that want to be exalted will be humbled but those that humble themselves will be exalted and so Lord we trust you with that that if we humble ourselves you are going to lift us up in due time you're you're going to help us you're going to fight for us you're going to you're going to be our advocate as we humble ourselves so Lord we place ourselves over this prayer and we know that you're with us and we know that you hear us and we're crying out to you and we know We know that you want to help us, Lord, to choose. Choose to live in response according to your will and your way. In Jesus' name we pray. Church family, would you stand? We're going to sing a a song. It's been one of the most powerful songs of the past 12 months of my life. And I love all songs that we sing, okay? But the song that we're about to sing has been powerful. And it's not just because I like the melody and it's not just because the band sounds good when they sing it. It's because the words. And so I'm going to read you the words that we're going to proclaim in a minute. And maybe you want to join me in proclaiming these words over your life. The words we're about to sing says this, Christ, Christ is my firm foundation. He's the rock on which I stand. When everything around me is shaken, some of us feel like that today, don't we? I've never been more glad that I put my faith in Jesus. He's never let me down. He's faithful through generations. So why would he fail now? He won't. He won't. Verse 2 says, I've got joy in chaos. I've got peace that makes no sense. I won't be going under because I'm not held by my own strength I've built my life on Jesus. He's never let me down. He's faithful through every season. Why would he fail now? He won't. And then the bridge. This is a powerful testimony. The rain came and the wind blew, but my house was built on you. I'm safe with you. I'm going to make it through. So, I'll be worshiping over there, and if I'm the only one, I'm good with that, okay, because I'll be worshiping. But I just believe there's some other people today that want to place their life over the truth, not just of a song, not just of a good melody, but the truth of who God is, and that he will not fail you no matter what you're facing. He is faithful, and he is good, and you can trust him today. You can surrender to his will and his plan in your life. So maybe you want to join me today. Let's worship today. Let's worship in response.